Hi, and welcome back to Reflect Forward. I'm your host, Carrie Siggins, and I am so glad you are here today. Today, I want to talk about how to find common ground with people you don't like, with coworkers you don't like, with employees you don't like. We all have one, right? We all have one or two of people who are like, oh, I just don't click with this person, or I flat out just can't stand this person. But you've got to work in a in an environment where it's productive and can move forward. And ideally where you can figure out how to either accept that person or you can let your feelings go because it's not good to have a toxic work environment. So I want to talk a little bit about what you can do to find common ground with those people who you just don't click with because it's okay. You don't have to click with everybody, but it is important to find common ground and create as healthy and dynamic of a team environment that allows for all different types of people to succeed, even if there are people who don't click or who don't see eye to eye. So first and foremost, your relationships with your coworkers, your relationships with your employees, they matter, right? It's what creates the culture. And they can be really important and they can be really, really complicated, right? But your employees can be allies for you. They can help you get things done. Your peers, they can be trusted confidants. They can be mentors. You know, your boss can help you in your career goals. It's really important that the people that you surround yourself with um, help you be successful. And, and, and that's important to have at work. On the other hand, a bad colleague can absolutely make you dread going to work. If you don't have a boss that you connect with, if you have employees who drive you crazy, those things just diminish the quality of your work life, even if you absolutely love what you do. And in fact, current research shows that more than 90% of Americans have a coworker who annoys them. Ugh, that's a lot. 57% of people have considered quitting their jobs or have left their jobs because of an annoying coworker. That is a lot. It might be part of the great resignation, right? People are not just saying, hey, I want to work for a company who cares about me and I want flexibility, but they're also saying, I want to work with people who I like too. So that's part of all of this kind of movement towards people-centric cultures that we're trying to, to, uh, to create here as leaders. So the goal is, is to look at yourself as a leader, as a self-leader, no matter where you are in your organization, and find ways to be able to work with people who might rub, rub you the wrong way. So that's what I want to talk about today. First, though, I want to list out some of the things that annoy people at work. And I do this because we are all guilty of doing some of these behaviors, which means that even though we might be bothered by somebody else, there's a good chance that some of our behaviors drive other people crazy too. And this is important because we need to be compassionate. We need to be understanding. We need to be self-reflective and saying, yeah, I know that, uh, that there are people who rub me the wrong way or who I don't click with, but there are other people who feel the same way about me. And how would I want to be treated in those situations? So it's really important for you to be able to look at all sides of uh, the situation, including your role in it, and the things you do to drive people nuts as well. So here are some of the top things that drive people crazy. Interrupting. I am so guilty of that, right? I know I have to drive people crazy because I interrupt and I really try to work on it, but it's something that I do. Taking credit for someone else's work. Oversharing. Not keeping your commitments. 
being unresponsive to their questions or their needs, being arrogant, being slow to respond in to emails or to instant messages, being late to work or to meetings, being negative all the time, downplaying issues with over positivity, eating smelly food, being distracted in meetings, you know, looking at your phone or putting yourself on mute so that people don't hear you typing. Yeah, really annoying. Acting like you know everything, bragging, discussing personal problems, being a poor teammate, not picking up after yourself, making personal phone calls or texting all day long. That's a pet peeve of mine. Not caring about others' points of view or opinions, being overtly clicky, clicks at work. Ooh, that's not a good thing. Swearing a lot, gossiping about people, displaying nervous habits that finger tapping or pen clicking, that drives people crazy, sending rude or obnoxious emails, berating a teammate in front of others, not making decisions, not pulling your weight, judging your colleagues harshly, being too noisy or talking too loudly, discussing politics or partisan issues, being too nosy, being too black and white, or on the flip side, taking too many risks. So I share all of that because we all do some of those things, which means that we drive some people crazy too. So that just helps give some context. It's easy to point out those things and others that you don't like, but really those people are holding up a mirror to say, hey, maybe you do some of these things as well. So those are, those are a list of my top like 30 things that drive at least me crazy at work. I'm sure there's others, but, uh, but that's uh, a good comprehensive list. So let's talk about some of the things that you can do about those coworkers you dislike. So the first step is understanding why. What triggers you about them? Well, and understanding that will help you navigate the situation. So be honest with yourself. Why don't I like this person? Why don't I get along with this person? Why does that particular habit drive me crazy? You may not be able to change the situation, but when you know more about the reason why that person bothers you, you can gain control over the situation because you can choose your mindset. You can choose to give that person feedback. You can choose to let it go, uh, which we'll talk about mindset later on. But this is a, it's really important that you start with you, right? Why does this person bother me so much? Why? What are the triggers there? Because then you can do something about it. The second thing is, is to try to find common ground. So first of all, what is common ground? So common ground is a topic or opinion or an interest that two or more people can agree about, even when you disagree on everything else. But common ground can help you come together in a positive way by focusing on the things that you do agree upon. And too often in life, we focus on the differences, right? I'm different from that person. This person is like that. I'm not like that. And it's easy to fixate on those things that are different about an argument, about a work style, about beliefs. It's so easy to disagree today. And we get so busy doing all of that that we forget to pay attention to the things that we actually do agree on. And if we start with where we agree, then you can find that common ground and maybe realize that those things that you disagree on are not that big of a deal. And it's important to remember that when you do find common ground with somebody, you don't have to agree on everything. You can just have those overlapping places of agreement, whether that's on uh, an interest that you share or an idea that you both 
uh, think is good. There's all kinds of places that you can find the good, find the agreement if you look for it. So how do you find that common ground? Well, first you need to be present in the conversation. If you are annoyed and you decide you're going to half chuck out, there's no way you can find common ground because you're not going to be engaged enough to be curious, to look for those solutions. So be present, right? Don't type on your computer on a Zoom meeting when a co colleague that you don't like or who annoys you is talking, right? Lean into it, engage, be present. Second, always seek to understand not to prove that you're right, right? To just really truly, what we call at Stone Age, listen and learn. Not just listen to then argue your point or argue your side. Listen to learn. Ask questions and be curious. Focus on the big picture, not the details. So this is really important. Focus on the why versus the what. Oftentimes we get caught up into the details before we really have agreed upon the reason why we're doing this. So if you focus on the big picture, like, oh, here are the outcomes that we would like to achieve, then maybe the details of how you get there don't really matter. But if you just jump right into the details and there's not agreement on that, then you're missing the big picture and you're losing that opportunity to, um, to take a step back and say, okay, we agree on these things that what's really important for us to figure out. Going back to the common ground thing, obviously acknowledge what you agree about say it out loud. I acknowledge, hey, we agree in this area. Let's build from this. That's really important for creating a situation where people come back down from, I have to win. I have to prove myself um, or uh, doing things that might drive you crazy. So we can agree on this coming from this place. Let's start from here. Acknowledge it verbally. The next thing is honor the person. It's so easy to, I don't dismiss or disrespect people who don't see things the way we see. And in this highly polarized world, we are so disrespectful. We are so not interested in honoring different viewpoints. So it's just a good reminder when you're looking for common ground that it's okay to have differing viewpoints. That's actually a good thing. We make better decisions when we look at problems from all different angles. And having different belief systems doesn't make people bad. It just makes it a different belief system. And I say this all the time, just because you believe it's true doesn't make it actually true. Just because you say it or think it doesn't mean that it's actually true. And so when you honor other people and uh, from, their, from their viewpoints, from their belief systems, it's so much easier to say, yeah, I don't agree with you on that, but... I can find other places uh, to agree with you rather than like, ooh, you don't believe the way I do, therefore you are a bad person. That is not going to help you find common ground. Always communicate with kindness. That's really important when you're looking to find common ground. Negative language, divisive language, accusatory language, um, you know, anything that's going to like try to poke the bear, right. To, to press somebody's buttons like that is not healthy in any team dynamic. And don't do that. It doesn't help you find common ground and it doesn't help you build relationships. And all it does is just let a dysfunctional relationship fester. So communicate with kindness. It's amazing what kind words can do to help a situation. 
Again, this whole bigger picture thing in mind, work towards results, not towards a specific solution. That's really important, right? Okay, we're trying to, to achieve this milestone in this project. Let's work towards getting that done, not the specific how. That allows for people to be able to come in with different ideas and it allows you to compromise so that you can get the result that you're looking for, not necessarily get your way on how you're going to get that result. And then finally, it's the being willing to compromise. When you're looking for common ground, you have to compromise. You have to be able to say, yep, that, that's okay. Um, I might not have done it that way, or I might not agree with that, but I'm good with this decision and finding that common ground. So that's, uh, that's one whole topic there in this, in this uh, podcast here about how to find common ground. But it's really an important one because we have to find common ground. We have to find common ground with all kinds of people in our lives, at work, in personal lives, um, in our communities. And if we take this mindset of I'm always looking for common ground versus I'm trying to point out the differences, you will have more effective relationships at work, even if you do have very differing opinions. Okay. So those are common ground type things that, that uh, that's one type of problem in the workplace. Um, yeah, but then there's others, right? There are people who just drive you crazy because of, you know, maybe, uh, idiosyncrasy that they have, or they always, they have some sort of drama in their life or trauma in their life that shows up at work in a negative way that really bugs you. And so what I say to that is get to know the person. So we can make all kinds of assumptions about why a person is doing a certain thing, but we are terrible at guessing why people behave the way they do. We make assumptions without really understanding the person and we tell ourselves these stories. Oh, this person is this way because of this. Well, stop doing that. That is not an effective way to work. It is not an effective way to relate to your fellow human beings. And I will tell you, if you take the time to get to know a person, you will probably be a lot more compassionate about their situation. I did a podcast about this uh, a couple of weeks ago on the fact that everybody has trauma. Everybody has trauma. And we need to remember that as leaders, as humans, that we all experience trauma. How do you want people to respond to you when something triggers you that pulls out a past trauma, right? You want understanding. You want people to understand that backstory. Uh, and to be compassionate. And you can only do that when you know that story. So ask questions, get to know where people came from, understand that person's journey and hardships. Be curious, say, hey, let's go out for a beer so that we understand each other better. Empathy forces you to walk in somebody else's shoes and to make you try to understand things from their viewpoint. And that's really important. Being empathetic will help you be less judgmental. It will help you understand that person. It will help you be more forgiving. So anybody who you don't like, just try to get to know a little bit better and see what happens. Okay. Next thing is radical candor. Give the person feedback. Right? If there is something that is going on, that's really bothering you, uh, about a coworker, give this person feedback. I actually just had a conversation with an employee about this the other day. She was telling me how a colleague of hers drives her crazy because she feels like he does not approach things with a sense of urgency. 
And so I listened to her story and I said, Hey, have you given him this feedback? She's like, no, I just went around him. I just thought it was easier to go around him, but it drives me crazy. And I was like, well, do you think that he can fix it? If he doesn't know that it's an issue, she's like, no. <laughs> so I said, well, why don't you tell him? Why don't you be radically candid? We teach the radical candor model at Stone Age, which is I care enough about you and our relationship and, and our teams to give you this feedback. So I helped walk her through how she was going to give him this feedback and how also to be curious because maybe the way that she was seeing it was inaccurate. So we practiced. Uh, so she said, okay. I said, how, tell him, if I'm him, tell me how you experience me when you feel like I'm not operating with a sense of urgency. So start by saying, when you do X, Y, Z, I experience it like this. That's being direct, is being clear, and clarity is kindness, and it allows you the opportunity to be helpful. People can't really argue with your experiences, uh, but they can help you say, oh, well, that's not at all what I meant, or, you know, here's my side of it. So she went to him and she said, hey, when you don't approach a problem that I bring to you with a sense of urgency, I experience it as you being a poor teammate, as you being somebody who doesn't care about the customer problem, about the problem that I'm, I'm trying to solve. And it doesn't feel good. It makes me feel like I have to go around you to get an answer. And I don't want that. I really want to have a healthy relationship with you. So can we talk about this? That is direct. It's kind. It's helpful. It's, it's truthful, right? Somebody can say, oh, okay. Yeah. Let me, let's talk about that. It opens up the conversation. Then when you are being candid, you can give a suggestion. Like it would be helpful if you did this instead, you know, and so she would told him it would be really helpful if you just sat down and you asked me some questions so that you understood my sense of urgency so that I can feel less stressed so that when I go talk to my customer that I can help him feel less stressed or her feel less stressed. So offer that suggestions and then ask questions and be open to hearing their side of things. So tell me with the sense of urgency, like, do you feel that you approach it with a sense of urgency? Is there something that I'm doing that is creating you not wanting to work with me? Help me understand. And then commit to working on the relationship together. This is such a powerful tool to be able to use this radical candor model. I care enough about you to give you this feedback. When you do X, Y, Z, I experience it like this. Offer a suggestion. It would be helpful if you did this instead ask questions, and then commit to working on the relationship. It is amazing how many relationships this model right here can fix, how it can help you find common ground with a coworker just because you talk about the problem instead of make assumptions about it, work around it, sweep it under the rug, and just let it fester. Okay, next one. We're all judgmental. Humans are just judgmental. That's what we do. And because we judge one another, we can create unhealthy, toxic, negative relationships. We can make all kinds of assumptions. So when you catch yourself judging somebody, hold yourself accountable for it. Recognize it. Like, ugh, I'm being really judgmental here. I'm making an assumption about something that I don't understand. So maybe I should go back and practice empathy and understanding and acceptance. 
it is amazing what can happen when you catch yourself being judgmental. If you go down the path of venting about a certain person, oh, like he does this and it drives me crazy and da 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 da, and he's this way because of this way, all that does is perpetuate the negativity. And it doesn't actually fix the problem, right? You're not going and talking to that person and you don't actually know why that person is is making that decision or doing that certain thing. You're making an assumption. So catch your judginess. It is a very powerful self-regulation tool that can help you change your mindset, which we're going to talk about again. So when you catch yourself being judgmental towards a coworker, ask yourself, why am I feeling this way? How can I be more curious? How can I seek to understand? How can I let it go so that it doesn't bother me? Okay, next one is boundaries. Like sometimes they're just going to be people who you just don't click with and that's okay. And you can employ all of these methods that I just talked about and that can help you have an effective relationship with that person because you have to, you work with them. You can practice empathy, you can give feedback, you can um, stop being judgmental, but sometimes you just have to set, set boundaries. Sometimes a person is just negative and toxic and you've got to deal with that person. So you can set some boundaries. You can say, Hey, I am only going to interact with this person when I have to do X, Y, Z limit the time that you spend with that person. Give yourself some breathing room so that person doesn't overwhelm you. Try to figure out how to disconnect emotionally from them, right? Don't get caught up in somebody else's drama, right? Just because somebody else is negative does not mean that you have to go down that path if you disconnect emotionally from them. Physically separate yourself when you know that it's going to lead to a negative interaction, right? Okay, I'm not ready to have this conversation with this person, so I'm not going to interact yet until I know that I'm in the headspace to be able to have it. And if you do know that you're going to go into an emotionally charged situation because it happens, right? Take a deep breath, calm your mind, know that this relationship, while it might be difficult. There is a gift in it if you look for it, because in the very least, it can just teach you how to be able to navigate tough situations with difficult people better. And we're always going to have that in our life and how we navigate it is up to us. So you can use it as a practice, as a learning tool. So take that deep breath, calm yourself, calm your mind, calm your nervous system before heading into the conversation. All right. And then finally, and this is the most powerful one, and this is really about your mindset. Oftentimes people do what they do because of themselves, not because of you. In fact, more than often, like 99.9% .9 of the time, it's really because of what's going on with them. And it's really easy to get hurt, to get annoyed, to have an emotional response. But what happens if you chose not to do that? What if you decided not to take what they say or do personally. Like that's a really powerful thing. In fact, someone once told me the most selfish thing you can do is take something personally, which means like, why are you making this about yourself? Usually somebody's poor behavior, attitude, issues, right? They're about something that's been happening with them in the, in the past um, or in the present, but not really about you. So don't take it personally. It's amazing what happens when you say, oh, huh, I, that person is in a bad mood. There must be something that's going on rather than that person is in a bad mood and mad at me. And now I'm going to be affected negatively because of it. You can choose your mindset. What if you chose to just accept the person for who they are? What if you said it's this person is quirky? Uh, I work with somebody at Stone Age who is on the spectrum 
and he has a habit of walking away in mid sentence. And the first time I experienced that, I was like, that is so rude. Like I was in the middle of a sentence and he just walked away. And then as I got to know him better, I realized, okay, there's something that's off here. It's just a quirk and it's, he's overloaded. Like he can't talk about it anymore. And so instead of taking it personally, I just smiled. So when the conversation's over and he walks away, the conversation is over. And so I've just learned how to accept that person, um, quirks and all, and have a really, really good relationship with him. And it makes my life so much better because I'm so much more accepting. In fact, that's the person of working with him who allowed me to be able to interview Elon Musk because I figured out how to talk to, ask questions and relate to people who are on the spectrum. So anyway, yes, I did do an uh, interview with Elon Musk, which is coming out here hopefully soon, which I'll share with all of you. Anyway, it's all about mindset, right? You can choose to just accept somebody. You can choose to just love that person for who they are, because love fixes all. You can choose to not let them rub you the wrong way. You can choose not to judge them. You can choose to change your mindset. Remember, we all have annoying habits and we all want to be accepted and respected for who we are. We all want to just be loved with our quirks and all too. And we can honor other people that same way by considering our mindset, changing our mindset. All right. So those are my tips on how to be able to, you know, deal with, uh, an annoying quote coworker. Most of it falls on what you can do. And that's the empowering piece of this. You cannot change other people. You can certainly give people feedback, which might help them be able to change themselves, but you cannot change them. You have to decide how you are going to show up in that relationship, how you are going to let it affect you and how you are going to handle it by giving feedback, by setting those kinds of boundaries. And I really encourage you to do that in a healthy way. You don't want to be one of those 57% of people who say, nope, I have to leave because it drives me, the person drives me crazy. At least not without trying, without owning your part in the relationship and doing everything you can to figure out how to have a better relationship with that person. Because I can promise you when you learn how to do that, when you learn how to find common ground with people who you disagree with or who you dislike, it will make it so much easier in the future when you come across these kinds of people and it makes it so much more accepting. And that's what the world needs. We just all need to accept that we're different and that's okay. And we don't have to hate each other or dislike each other or, you know, want to pull our hair out because we have these differences. We can celebrate them and find that common ground so that it's more pleasant life for everybody. All right. So that's my episode uh, for today. I do have uh, a question of the week, which comes from uh, a person on LinkedIn who said, I get defensive every time I get feedback. What can I do to receive it better? Oh, this is a good one, right? First of all, you are not the only one. You know, it's really hard to not get defensive when you get feedback. But if you want to be a great self-leader, a great people leader, uh, and if you want to be a great teammate, you've got to learn how to be able to receive feedback well. So here are some of the things that I do. When I feel myself getting defensive uh, about a piece of feedback that I'm giving, I take a deep breath and I say, there's going to be a gift in this. Look for the gift. Look for the gift, which then allows me to say, you know, thank you. Thank you so much for this feedback. And then I always say, I know it wasn't easy for you to tell me that because acknowledging that it's hard to give feedback, honors the other person, 
but it also takes some ownership because it's probably hard for you to give feedback to certain people too, right? It, it kind of evens out the playing field, right? To say, yeah, I know this is hard. I can acknowledge that. Thank you for the feedback. Ask some questions if you don't understand. Okay, so can you please give me an example? Can you um, can you share with me how you felt about this? You know, get those details so that you can help process it. If you need to take a break, take a break. Say, you know, wow, this was really hard for me to hear and I want to handle it in the right way. And I feel myself getting defensive and I don't want to do that. Or you can own your own your actions and then say, but I need a minute to, to be able to process this. Can I, can I sleep on this and come back to you tomorrow? And then come back and follow up and dig in and understand that feedback. But always say thank you and look for the gift in it. Um, I always do that. I, I agree with probably 95% of the feedback that I'm given because like, I know it's true. Some of it, I think it's just, you know, a misperception of something that has happened, but I can even still own that, right. That perception that people have, and, and I can choose not to do anything about it, but I can say, yeah, yeah I could see why someone thinks that when I own the fact that People are giving me feedback because their perception is their reality. And I can figure out a way to be able to adjust myself, my behaviors, my language, my tone, the way I'm showing up to have a more effective relationship with that person. Then I'm going to do that because that's what great leadership is. And so, you know, I always take feedback seriously and I almost believe all of it. Not all the time. There's definitely been some feedback I've rejected and it's okay for that. But for the most part, it's always better to just say, thank you. I need some time to process, be curious and own it and then take some action with it. So that's how I process feedback. But if I feel myself getting defensive, I take that deep breath and I say, thanks. I know that this was really hard for you to tell me. And, uh, and I want to ask some questions about it. And then I give myself time to process and processing might look ugly, right? It might be crying. It might be upset, but I typically find that after I sleep on it, I can come back in the next, the next day and be able to say, okay, let's talk about this some more. So I really understand so I can do something about it. And so that's my advice. Hopefully that's helpful. All right. With that, I will leave you to your day. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I look forward to hosting you on another episode of Reflect Forward Conversations on Leadership next week with an interview. And if you like this podcast, please share it, write a review, uh, subscribe to it, uh, leave comments on it. It always helps with the algorithms and I love hearing from you. Thanks so much. Have a great day. <laughs>